This is a comic book podcast that is streamed live weekly on youtube.com slash comic pop returns. If you are on YouTube, and I know you are, make sure to subscribe to that channel so you can be part of the action yourself. You're going to hear a bunch of questions and comments here on today's episode. Why not add your voice to the show next time? I mean, granted, it will be my voice reading the question, but let's not get hung up on the semantics of it all. Just go to youtube.com slash returns and subscribe today. And if you want to help us out a little further, a nice review on this platform from you would be really appreciated. Make sure to catch the show live on youtube.com slash returns and visit patreon.com slash if you want to help us more directly. Hello, comic book readers, and welcome to a live new episode of Off the Rack. I am Sal. And I'm Tiffany. You know, we're going to be talking about a couple of comics, but I hesitate to say it's going to be a strictly comic book discussion today. Because, of course, Tiffany and myself saw uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, a.k.a. Black Panther 2. And so we're going to talk a lot about that. Uh, but that's towards the end of the show. And, of course, we still are going to recap and review and tell you what we thought about some comics that came out this week and recommend mm-hmm. comics that are coming out that this week that we think that you should pick up. So yeah. don't worry about that. Um, that's still <laughs> happening. But we won't be able to talk about all the books that, no. uh, that, 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 that came out this past week. That's it. Awesome. Um, yeah, besides that, I should also mention this show is sponsored by viewers like you. If you're out there and you're watching the show live, you can sponsor today's show by using Super Chats. If you ask a question or comment, we will read it here on the show, and it will be part of the show forever. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you uh, like this show in audio format, you can always follow Off the Rack New Comics uh, over on Spotify and uh, all other places where podcasts are found. Uh, if you are a fan of Wake Up with Comic Pop, our new show, where I just talk at you for about 30 minutes or so uh, on your way commuting to work, uh, then you should check that show out as well. It's also available in video format here on this channel, Comic Pop Returns, which if you didn't know about it, you can, of course, subscribe to this channel, click no- the bell for notifications, and you will know about it. Uh, you can also follow that show along on uh, Spotify uh, and I think Google. But uh, Apple is like, no, nah, we don't. We don't think this is a real podcast, so we're not going to approve it. What? Uh, yep, Apple. That's how it goes. So we're gonna we're gonna wait for that. But otherwise, awesome. you can catch the audio version uh, same day on Spotify and Google. That's Love it. it. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> That's it. That's all I've got. Yep. Yep. I like. I am show. disappointed. Yeah. I, I well, thank you. I like making it. Uh, I am disappointed because I would like to talk about Wildcats, but I didn't get a chance to read it. I was just really busy. You uh, were. I know you shot a lot of additional things today, not for this channel. No, that's true. Yes. In fact, uh, I've I've reduced my uh, my work output on other things that are not comic pop because uh, comic pop has suffered a little bit as a result of mm-hmm. my other uh, ventures. And so uh, I, that, that's something I don't want to see happen. That's fair. So, so we'll get back yeah. to it. Exactly. Back to comic pop. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so we'll talk about a couple of books. I know that you sure. read a couple. I read a couple. And uh, just to just to kind of wet the palate before we get into super chats, I mm-hmm. did read Ryan North and Ebon Coyello's new debut for Fantastic Four. Okay. Uh, Fantastic Four number one. Uh, there this it is. Of course, <laughs> features some gorgeous cover art by Alex Ross and some fun interior art by Ebon Coyello, who did a great job. No, no, no shade. But, uh, you know, we just got off the heels of David Pepos doing a two-parter for Fantastic Four. Also, we had Fantastic Four Full Circle. And now we have this brand new series that comes right off the heels of Dan Slott's celebrated run on the series. I don't know. Also, uh, maybe I'm indicating we're going to be doing a back issues this week that's on our uh, Marvel's Fab Four. So Ooh. keep an eye out for that. What? And uh, if you ever want to see them back on that channel, make sure to uh, watch it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, 
I, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, this was fine. It was fun. It was a cute little story. Uh, Alicia and uh, Ben are, I don't know, on a road trip and they stay at like a dingy roadside motel and they get more than they bargained for. Uh oh. You know, it's like they're they're caught in a kind of like time loop. So it's like a Star Trek episode. Okay. Um, that's been going on since like 1947. And, uh, you know, it's a cute idea. And uh, it, it still has all the basic hallmarks of your favorite The Thing stories, which is he's super self-conscious. He doesn't like being judged for his appearance. Sure. Uh, he, you know, the, the, the new status quo of him being Alicia, with Alicia is, is, is still nice uh and uh and the art is is it never takes it to a place where you're like oh no like this is really really dour it's just a just a celebration of these characters or at the very least ben um you know alicia doesn't have much to do but she is fun uh when she is given something to do in the issue okay uh you know f- an interesting start to a book that features four main protagonists to only feature one of the four <laughs> protagonists and his wife uh but yeah, I'm, well, did, I, this, I, did the story kind of wrap itself up at the end or is it going to? Yeah, it pretty much did. I mean, so it's, maybe the first four issues are going to be little spotlight issues. That'd be fine with me because I know that, um, you know, slot really likes to like upset the apple cart. He thinks it's very like Marvel to have everyone hate each other and be mad. And, right. Uh, so the, of course, his run ended with that where people were just like so upset and angry with each other. And I'm like, boy, I love watching or reading a book about mm. a family and a team that has to work together, uh, be just miserable and angry with each other. Um, so, you know, it's fine. But th- this is, I, I think it's going to be a, a a bold new direction for this team. I I, I genuinely hope that Ryan North uh, has more Star Trekian uh, ideas in store for our favors, uh, our Marvel's first family. Do you think that this type of thing happens to regular people in the Marvel Universe? Like, do they go on vacation and end up in time loops? Or is this just... I have to assume. I mean, it, it happens so damn often. Right? But yeah, I know. Oh, I, I I, think it has to. It's a, it's a question I never asked myself, so I, <laughs> I would never imagine. Like, is your day-to-day as a normal citizen of the Marvel, like, 616, just, you know... Yeah, just, chaotic? oops, I fell in a... You know, I fell in an interdimensional hole, and I ended up being, like, the leader of the tree people for, yeah. you know, a millennia. But uh, every every second there was a, you know, or every year there was a second here. So I was yeah. only gone for like half an hour. I don't know. And I can't put that on my resume, but. No, I just, yeah, well, uh, thankfully I wasn't gone very long. I just, I, I learned a lot and I grew. As well, a yeah, but I'm just saying like, that's a resume builder. But what are you going to, how are you going to put that? Where's that like, go in the like special like interests or like special skills section? Right. Like 30 phlegm flark years. But, uh, <laughs> Great leadership about... skills. Yeah. I do because I was a king for a but time. I can't I, you can't talk to anybody about it they're not here the other thing is of course how do you prove that or yeah. how do you disprove that because then you can just make it up you can just yeah. be like oh yeah no that gap my resume I wasn't just getting high on my friend's like couch for six months I was uh I, I was a leader of an anthill literally <laughs> I got hit by pin particles and I'm I, I got shrunk and then they just wore off so you can't disprove it or prove it you can't ask anybody about it so uh you know exactly give me the job yeah <laughs> give me the job <laughs> uh, i'm sure that there's like yeah i'm sure there's a lot of unemployment lines that are choked with those stories <laughs> uh, brian Rowland says i need winston duke's man ape to join the thunderbolts or be in a show he was great comp pop rules i think he'll be busy 
Yeah. To do Thunderbolts. Like, I think his character will not be available for the Thunderbolts. Really? He's great. Yeah. Okay. Well, based on what we saw in the movie that he's in. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I was thinking of something totally different. Thank you, Brian. Uh, Jaron <laughs> Smith says, love the show. Sad I missed you guys at New York Comic Con, but I will try again next time. What do you think of the Black Panther movies using death as a motivation each time? Also, Riri Suit looks like a weird Gundam. Love comic pop. Well, thank you very much, Jaron. And we're sorry we missed you too, man. Yeah. Um, De definitely next time so keep an eye out for that uh <clears throat> yeah the black panther movie is using death i never thought about that but it certainly is a uh a factor i don't think that the thing is with the second one that one used real death to kind of like guide the plot whereas the first one was a fictitious death mm -hmm. so you know but I, but i like the theming um i guess because black panther is king of the dead that would be a cool way to tie it together mm -hmm. but um based on the intro to the black panther wakanda forever movie that we were confused during um and having re-watched it now i can say that uh they were they're, they're playing with the bast religion thing yes. in a way where i'm like oh because we all know from the comics that bast is real Yes. And will talk to you. Yes. And pick you up in, in her paws and bite you. Uh, but in the Marvel Universe, uh, she doesn't get a fun kaiju fight in Egypt like at the end of Moon Knight. And so I guess <laughs> she's just leaving it up to faith, despite the fact that if you eat a uh, magic plant, you'll get imbued with superpowers, which should be enough, but maybe not. Um, yeah, well, we can uh, get more into that experience that we had at the theater too to explain why there was confusion for us. Absolutely, later. but uh, yeah, I uh, but 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 given that um, you know they're they're playing it close to the chest as far as Bast's existence, um, I don't think they're going to go with like the whole King of the Dead route, which means mm. that I don't think they're thinking about death as a motivator, right? Uh, <clears throat> Riv Wilson, this show pops. Well, thank you, Riv. Appreciate well, it. Thank Thanks you so for much. Uh, MNNM says, well, don't know if you've read the new Fantastic Four, but it's the weirdest issue. It feels like an in-between arc filler issue, not a kickoff for a brand new exciting run. Certainly not, but uh, you already know that, my friend. Thank you for watching. Pedro Vengas, the new FF was a really good, was really good and cute. Yeah, I'd say it was, it was cute. It was, it, it, it did something you know it didn't blow the doors off and it certainly didn't set up a new status quo i feel like the alex ross book would have been a more appropriate like run uh beginner mm. <clears throat> mnnm says also if you don't like whatever they're doing with beast lately don't read the new wolverine issue he's straight up evil now brutally he, so he's been like that honestly i mean i can imagine they've taken him further i i, I don't know what they're doing with this character and i honestly don't I mean, maybe what the, like they're all like daring each other to see how far they're going to take Beast, and then someone's going to have to step up and be like, "Okay, how do we redeem this character?" And like, I should yeah. like to see that. I like to, I should like to see how you think that you can do something to fix this. Yeah, it's it's Beast. I don't think I think he's still been a hero longer than he's been evil, but it's a it's probably a dead heat by this point. So I think certainly there are more comic book readers today who know beast as a morally compromised monster mm -hmm. than they do as a like 
fun-loving, quip-making super genius who's been both a card-carrying member of the Avengers and a founding member of the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weird. Very weird. Yeah. But uh, yeah, man. So, uh, Tiffany, did you read anything you want to talk about before we get into the big, meaty, heavy stuff? Yeah, uh, I do want to, like, at the very least... At the very least, I feel like if if I talk about one comic this week, it has to be uh, Axe Judgment Day, the Omega issue, because I loved this event, loved this event. And I know we always talk about like Alpha and Omega issues, but I really like this Omega issue, honestly. Um, By Kieran Gillen with art by, don't know how to say the first name, uh, but Villanova. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, their art is, I think, an acquired taste for sure. Um, What are they doing with the cover? I, I don't know. It's blurry. Is it? Yeah. No. Uh. Yes. The text part, like the the logo, is. No, it's glowy. Glowy. Ah. It's glowy. It's glowing. Mm. Um. <clears throat> but this issue really was just like, hey, do you want to have like Kieran Gillen give you like kind of like his like period to his Eternals run from the get go? This is that issue. Hmm. It like it essentially sets up a potential new status quo, which I hope someone would live with, and I hope it would be Kieran Gillen. But I, I I don't know if he's not just kind of putting the brakes like on it, it up. For right now. Yeah. yeah, there's a great interview with him out there that really gets into um, his run, uh, or at least of Judgment Day. So if you have a chance, go check that out. I've read a little bit of it. Yeah. Um, including things like originally, like part of Judgment Day was actually an Immortal X Men pitch. Huh. Like it was it wasn't this big. Uh, okay. Then it ended in something else. Um, but this is, I think, this is a solid, solid like ending. Just, just like a little final moment, a chance for some characters who maybe didn't get a chance to, you know, have some final conversations to do so. And, um, you know, like I, I appreciated a lot of it. I actually like the first panel of this issue. I was like, oh man, this is what people are missing by not reading Gillen's work, because. <laughs> So the world machine obviously is very different than it was at the get-go had like the beginning of his eternal run had a great personality, but now it's, it's pretty cut and dry. Just here's the narration. Here's what's going on. That kind of thing. Um, But uh, Makari is, is kind of chronicling this whole thing that just happened judgment day. And um, we see her like seemingly making images with light and the world machine describes it as uh doing it this in the traditional way uh the traditional high eternal style it's a form that merges images and words together in a perfect alloy uh to eternals this makes it the highest of all art forms though few few cultures agree and i love that (laughs) i love that so much just this like little commentary on comics themselves like yeah this is this is why i like gillen so much he's he's a writer for me for sure um we get a little more you know like hey you know, this is what Icarus and some of the other Eternals are going to end up doing. Most of like the main Eternals that you know who aren't dead um, are kind of joining society as like plainclothes heroes, where like they're going out there to try to help people and like pay back the debt that they owe in their own quiet ways. The her- that is the heretics like Icarus and Fastos and you know Sprite going out there doing that that that's the yeah. whole plan um like seeing the 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 mimotar gets a little little moment for <laughs> for themselves as well which i really enjoyed um obviously we have a new celestial eternal hybrid god god yes uh in ajax ajax celestia 
So, you know, she's there. She's got her own plans. We get, you know, confirmation that, in fact, yes, um, the uh, people of Araco have access to uh, Uranus for one hour, which mm. he's pretty excited about. He's like, they're like, he's like, yeah, but no, like, it's not like that. Like, you will be there at their will, people you hate. He's like, but I will be out. Right. So he's like, so I'll just wait for that moment, which I assume the current like Krakoa mutant writer's room has a plan to use that. But part of me hopes that that's just a smoking gun mm. that Kieran like put on the wall for everybody. And it's like down the road, if you ever want to, don't forget that that exists. And right. it would be kind of fun for all of us to have forgotten about it. And then to have it show up and be like, Oh damn. Yeah. What? I have a feeling well, we're not going to wait that long. No, I, uh, th these people seem to not be able to like keep their cool for more than a few seconds because, uh, yeah, be because of what we've where where we've gone and and mm -hmm. how Fall of X is just on the heels like it's just around the corner and Fall of X suggests the death of Krakoa and the rise of the Westchester branch and the uh, inevitable return of Apocalypse and his entire family and uh, you know it's like Fall of X does not I think deserve to be the Apocalypse event that is mm -hmm. inevitably coming mm -hmm. that I would have rather had Hickman write instead of whoever the hell they strong arm into writing that won't be part of the Hickman plan yeah but uh, certainly I would unleash Uranus on, on Apocalypse if he were to return with his family sure yeah Instead, yeah. I bet it's a t in a tie-in where they'll fight one of his family members. I hope not, but, <laughs> but possibly. Yeah. Um, we also get a moment in which um, Faustus goes to uh, Krakoa with a gift, and like Wolverine's like, "Get the hell out of here! You're not. You guys aren't <laughs> welcome here." Um, and the gift is a message from the World Machine to Krakoa itself, and we learned that basically when the Celestials arrived on Earth all those years ago yeah and created the eternals and the deviants um when they built the world machine they based it on an island that they had already seen that was there mm. and so in a way the world machine is actually based on okara you know the combination of the, of the two yeah the original yeah um and i'm like oh that that is i, I like kind of like that like that's yeah that's kind of cool right there's there's something yeah. there like it's just gillen continuing to like explore the parallels to krakoa and the eternals you know the eternals yeah. have the world machine which brings them back constantly and krakoa has of course the resurrection protocol like it's just it's just all there and yeah it's all there now that we see it but like i hadn't you hadn't really thought about it until gillen put it in front of us um right like honestly i just really really enjoyed this issue like there's like some really great imagery of like icarus for example and like sort of like a superman kind of moment for him where he's right at the end kind of plain clothes he's shaved his head he has like a hoodie on and he's just in space looking down on the earth hmm. and it's like it's just kind of cool like i'm like that's neat and it just says end like we're done for now but i really yeah. would like to see this new chapter for the eternals I don't know if we're going to get that anytime soon. You know, yeah. Like they're they're yeah. like, not that they're just getting interesting because it's been interesting, but I think for a lot of people where he left some of the main Eternals is a lot more approachable. Yes. You know, like they, yeah. they have this like great shame that now they're trying to deal with and they're interacting with humanity more than ever before. Mm -hmm. And uh, it kind of puts them 
in the place like he'd already drawn that parallel but of like mutants when they first arrived on the scene you know hated yeah. by humanity and just trying to do right and make amends now a little different because mutants weren't trying to make amends they're just like we're just like you come on give us a break these yeah. guys are like hey you're totally right to hate us but like you got to give us a chance to make up for it yeah 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 so like i i'm like i want it but i don't think we're gonna get it no i think that the only reason why the eternals was allowed to be a book was because it led to the axe event and now I don't, that it is over it's like that's kind of it maybe because i think when in that interview i think gillen mentioned that like he had been writing the eternals and i think part of that was the fact that the movie was coming out so they wanted a book, a book out there and obviously he knew that there's the stigma that like it's hard for people to get into the eternals that there is no like really good approachable run and so he was trying mm -hmm. to make one that could be like that and i would argue that gaiman is the way to get in but he mentions kirby and i'm like I don't know if Kirby's the entry point for a lot of people into the Eternals. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't know I think it's a great bedrock for creators, yeah. but not for readers, but maybe, um, I mean, if you love that new gods crap, you might like the Eternals. Yeah, no, for sure. But you know, he mentions in that he'd been working on it. And like I said, he originally had pitched it as like a smaller little mini event going on with like immortal Max men that yeah. book and Eternals. Right, right. It was originally not supposed to be a major event. And then yeah, and then like, uh, I think I think Freeport asked him like, hey, you got any ideas for an event? And he was like, <laughs> well, I have this. So they ran with it. Good enough. So it meant that he also mentioned that he had to sacrifice a whole bunch of like ideas he had for Immortal X-Men. Like he's like, that we'll never see now because they yeah. can't be worked in in the same way. But that's what I think is the sign of a pretty solid writer is that he was being flexible. Yeah. You know, he had like this plan and instead of just trying to brute force these other ideas to make them work since he was like, no, I'm already doing this. I'm going to have my cake and eat it too. He's like, I'm going to have to make those go away for now to make this larger thing work. Right. And I think it was super right. successful. I mean, I honestly, I think this is like almost like an instant classic for me. Like I, I am just, I think about it often. I think about the journey that we went on. I think about the deeper meaning behind it often. So yeah yeah if you slept on it guys when it comes out i'm telling you you gotta grab it I, I think it's totally worth it nice uh really quick i guess i'll talk about spider-man books uh, sure. i'm just gonna do like them kind of like rapid fire because i don't want to like dwell on them because spoilers i wasn't the hugest fan of them but uh amazing spider-man number 13 from uh, zeb wells and john amita jr uh came out this was uh, the, the continuation of the like big fight between two hobgoblins and spider-man uh, if you thought like, oh man, what the hell? Like Spider-Man like basically pooped his pants and cried when he was fighting the vulture, but now he's fighting two hobgoblins. Uh, how is he having like an easier time? Don't worry, this is the issue where he poops his pants and cries and talks oh, about good. how hard it is. Uh, and he's like, I, but he is a little more funny in this one while he's about to die, where he's like, I'm going to die now. And of course, because of what Peter Parker did, the big, like, you know, looming Damocles sword of like what happened in the past that's going to establish why we're in this current status quo, mm -hmm. uh, he is alone he has no uh support no backup no friends and so norman osborne has to dust off or rather uh shine up the golden goblin outfit that is setting up to, i think next week's uh, or this week's golden goblin uh mini series from christopher cantwell uh that okay. uh you know th that is like a road to redemption for norman osborne even though of course it's actually a road to damnation because norman osborne uh can't help himself and, uh, you know, he can't wipe his sins away just because he was shot by a, uh, you know, 
by a a, uh, a, a magical sin killing shotgun. Right, as you do. Uh, yeah, but uh, you know, it, it's it was a fun fight, I suppose. Although it, it, both parties, both Ned Leeds and Roger Kingsley, are being manipulated. Uh, Roger Kingsley suggests that he's manipulating Ned Leeds, but it turns out that Kingsley is also being manipulated as well, and that there was another goblin. Uh, manipulating these hobgoblins into uh yeah that's it and okay. uh, and the reveal of the goblin that is manipulating them uh, is disappointing uh i think i would be disappointed more if it was norman secretly doing it but having the goblin queen or the queen goblin in the form of ashley kafka uh, being a master a master planner that's looking to punish norman osborne for his sins despite the fact that i don't think she's ever really shared a page with that character in her entire existence um, makes me kind of go, why? But that's how, that's what, goblins? that's what reading. Yeah. Cause goblins, cause that's what, that's what reading Spider-Man has become at this point. Mm. Uh, on the other side mm. uh, at 10 30 PM Eastern standard time uh, for you, uh, you know, no, no, uh, no shade thrown at, uh, I was making a Jay Leno, uh, Conan O'Brien reference that I remembered that apparently Jay Leno was actually unfortunately caught in a uh, garage fire and burned horribly. And yeah. so I do apologize uh, for, uh, you know, this has been a, re- a metaphor I've been using forever, but just so happens to coincide with the tragedy of uh, Jay Leno's, uh, you know, affliction. And I do wish him a speedy recovery. But uh, yeah, uh, we have this other book that comes out at the exact same time as Zebwell's Spider-Man book called Spider-Man, written by Dan Slott with art by uh, Mark Bagley. This is uh, more Spider-Verse stuff, which, you know, was always billed as that. And Dan Slott is the progenitor of the Spider-Verse. I mean, really, you know, the guy from Spider-Man, the animated series, is the progenitor of the Spider-Verse because he created a whole, like, at least two-part episode, uh, the end of that cartoon's run, where all the Spider-People get together and they all have to fight bad guys. And, mm. you know, it's really self-contained. It's actually, uh, it's, it's a fun idea in theory more than practice but in any case spider-verse more spider-verse stuff teasing the final spider-verse event i sincerely doubt that's ever going to happen but uh yeah shathra uh is the main antagonist and she's so powerful and so scary that she is a uh she's got more lun working with the spiders what a twist oh no if you like read well, all the stories that introduced these characters, by the way, like Straczynski introduced Shathra, Morlan, the spider, the web of life and death, all that crap. Um, you would know that like, she's part of the, like the, 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 the few threats from the Ezekiel arc and that Shathra, right. while interesting and fun was actually like a prelude to Morlan. So, you know, she's not like stronger or more powerful than Morlan, but in this she is because they want her to be, because like everyone knew that Morlan was like, you know, overdone, let's mm. say. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, you know, this is just, if you really like, if you claim to like Spider-Man so much that you want every page to have only Spider-Man in those scenes, then congratulations, this is the book for you. Uh, because all the Spider-People are in this. And some of them are working with him, and some of them are transformed into Spider-Wasps that work for Shathra, and, you know... I guess on paper, I, I like the idea of like the spider wasp thing that Shothra is like moving into where the web of life used to be and like building her own nest in in the former web of life cocoon. You know, like 
the way bugs do where they like right. move into another location they yeah. move into something else's like home and then create their own place but uh yeah um that's fine you know it's it's all fine but uh there was a sequence in which um silk uh, shoots Spider-Man, our Spider-Man. There's two scenes that I'm sure all, all, hardcore Spider-Man fans are going to love. Okay. Um, there's one in which I, I, I say that, of course, sarcastically. Uh, th- there's a oh, scene okay. Which, uh, Spider-Man's costume is torn, and uh, he needs to charge into battle, and uh, he doesn't have his costume anymore. It's you know, it's all ripped up. So thankfully, Silk has magical clothes repairing powers, where she shoots him with her webs, and his clothes are transformed. Uh, into his original costume so that he can wear the original costume for the remainder of this event, despite the fact that like he's wearing a new costume that's going to be his new costume until at least new uh, free comic book day next year. Okay. Because uh, on the cover of the upcoming free comic book day Spider-Man issue, he's still wearing that goblin costume. They already have that out. They have it. They have a solicited. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so we know sense. that's coming up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but at least in this event, he'll have his original threads. Uh, but I didn't know Silk could do that. Uh, and I saw people arguing about it on the internet because Silk originally made her costume out of webs. But if you remember when she was first invented, her costume just was webs. She just mm. she just shoots herself with webs. Yeah. It's, it's not a costume. She's just covered in webs. <laughs> it's not quite and, the same thing. It's not exactly the <laughs> same thing. <laughs> It'd be one thing if she shot herself with webs and then that turned into fabric. Right, which is exactly what happens in this book. And I guess they're like, yeah, but silk, like, you know, insect silk, which isn't spider silk, but like worm-based silk is created and turned into, I I don't know. I I see where they're trying to make that leap in logic, but it is, in fact, a leap. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 and it's so silly. It's so, but it's like, for me, these kind of like shorthand blah, blah, blahs are very emblematic of like the overall problem where it's like i can't you know it's like there are some people who really like the episode of the batman animated series i've got a batman in my basement Mm. and as a kid i enjoyed it because Mm. i was a kid i was like you know either their age or younger and the idea of like projecting yourself into a situation where batman is incapacitated by the penguin and you have him in your basement and you're protecting him from the penguin uh is like a cute kind of like fantasy for children Mm -hmm. Um, but if you look at objectively, like it's a disappointing episode when you have it compared to like the laughing fish or leather wings or, you know, eight feet of clay or anything like that. But, uh, you have the laughing fish and the feet of clay and mm-hmm. two face and, and on leather wings and all these other, and heart of ice and every episode of the animated series to like set against it to go, Oh, like I'm going to give this episode a, a pass. If not more allowances because of, the good faith that the show has earned for me. Uh, scenes like Silk shooting magical cl- costume changing webs onto Spider-Man is just another indication that like, we're really in for it in this series. That it's going to be, you know, it's just, you don't even give a crap about them wearing costume. Like you don't even care about this one silly element. And so mm-hmm. for me, it like represents all this nonsense that's going to be happening in this book. And so, like, I'm out. Like, I'm out of this book. I guess it also (laughs) indicates that her her webbing doesn't disintegrate. Mm Mm-hmm. It should. No, no, it does. Which then cause, like, you know, strikes up a whole other series of issues with. Yeah. You know, that's the joke where it's like, you know, if the webbing didn't disintegrate, then 
it would be everywhere. Yeah. No, Wherever you use it, it would just be there forever. Mm-hmm. If no, you no, webbed no. Her, any her webbing... person, then like you would, it, that, I don't know. No, her webbing absolutely dissolves. Mm. Like when she was first invented, her costume that she wore as silk would like melt off of her. But when she was first invented, she was a, a couple of steps above a, a sex object. Hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm off this book. Uh, I might read it, but I won't be talking about it anymore. I don't want people to be like think that I just like use this as an opportunity to complain about Spider Man. I, I, I do it because I'm a glutton for punishment. Now I'm just That's like, oh fair. man, like this will be it, fun. It kind of sounds like if you're a huge fan of that. Yeah, if you like Spider-Verse, yeah, like, you're going to like this. Then, like, that's for you. But if you didn't, then maybe this isn't the book for you. No. No, it's true. Um, but, yeah, uh, so I read those Spider-Man books, and I should have just read Wildcats instead, like, if I had my time. But, uh, yeah. There's and, always uh, next time. That's true. And I will. Oh, I will. I'm going to read it soon. But, uh, yeah. And, and, and you, you were, we're clear on the books that you've read this week, unless there's another one. Nope, we're good for that. I, All right. I kept it short just on purpose. I figured, yeah, yeah, because I knew there's one more book we have to talk about. There is. There's one more book before we get into Black Panther. That's why I was like, wait, no, we can't talk about any more books except nope, the, nope. just nope. in case. Yeah, just in case because Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths penultimate issue debuted, written by Joshua Williamson with art by Daniel Samper. Uh, I need to point out a couple of really, really strong positives. Number one, I really like this cover. Number two, the fact that Williamson and Samper have had this book come out consistently on time and no dip in quality is a feat and should be celebrated. Congratulations on that achievement. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, uh, and that is all. So uh, dark Christ limited earth number six, we're one issue away from the finale, the grand finale of this event, which uh, Jeff Johns spoiled and rendered irrelevant in his own coinciding event flashpoint beyond so we know how much reverence DC has for what this is. Uh, but let's try and pretend like this event is setting up something sure. in the future. Um, this in particular has a couple of the hallmarks that I remember you were not a fan of in the previous issue. Because, of course, as you pointed out uh, famously in our shows, uh, when we discuss Dark Crisis, uh -huh. that uh, the first two maybe three issues of a seven yeah. issue miniseries mm -hmm. were mostly fight scenes and wheel spinning uh and could have been dedicated to plot development or uh at least key moments that set up what's going to be paid off in the following issues yes um, in this particular issue a rather important plot element in this story uh is Oh, that that happened. Don't worry about that anymore, because as we talked about, the main antagonist of this book, maybe even the protagonist of this book, was Pariah. Supposedly, Pariah was the driving force for he this. Was, he's the book. guy. He's the guy. Well, he's the guy. He was at least the avatar yeah. of the uh, of the Great Darkness. Yep. And we had two. Not really events, but miniseries, certainly, from Infinite Frontier to Justice League Incarnate, which set up that uh, the Great Darkness is, like, behind everything. Behind mm -hmm. Final Crisis, behind, uh, you know, Cosmic Odyssey, uh, mm -hmm. every crisis before and since, that this is, you know, this is the big bad of the yeah. new DCU. And uh, 
and and it shows, or at least it shows to manipulate Pariah into mm-hmm. being its kind of like emissary. Yeah. And Pariah believes that he can control the great darkness and that mm-hmm. he can manipulate it into, I guess, what? Respawning the multiverse, infinite multiverse, so that he can have a world where his family's back right. to life. Like er- everybody, everybody gets something out of this one, right. apparently. And all it took was like forcing a crisis to take place on Earth Prime or Earth mm-hmm. Zero and removing the Justice League. So the Justice League will use their energies to help to kickstart the birth of the multiverse. I think it's because like for, for a variety of reasons that we don't really get too specific into, but my, my assumption would be because they're all at the epicenter of every crisis anyway. So it's like, you know, if I start, if I use them, then they will help me like create this, 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 I am, I am legitimately glad that we do talk about this book because I am like, I'm not a hundred percent certain what's happening. I'm not sure what anyone's motivation is at this point. Yeah. Like, well, we, we, I think we know what, um, I, I think we know what, uh, Pariah's motivation is. He wants to restart the multiverse, mm-hmm. the, the infinite multiverse, not the 52 multiverse. Right. And theoretically it's because he wants his family back, even though he didn't care about them before he lost them. And he doesn't seem terribly fixated on having them back in any point when we fo- when we focus on him in the story, because it only really comes up once in a while and we don't get any kind of like flashbacks, flash forwards, conversations about it. Like he mm-hmm. never really has anybody to talk to about it. Right. And I mean, he's got himself, which he likes doing. He likes just shouting into the ether. He does so. like the monologue. Uh, so we have that. And he right. certainly, uh, you know, he certainly focuses on that. Um, but he also believes that he can like manipulate the great darkness into doing what he wants because the great darkness doesn't like care or, or, or have like stakes or, you know, play favorites. It just exists in it. And it wants like everything to be quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I guess it granted Pariah the ability to command the dark army, which gave him essentially absolute power because he's able to control the devil and Necron. A dark side. <laughs> dark side. And like the infinite dark side, like all dark sides, all into yeah. one character. Uh, you know, and do He's OP. He's OP. He's completely OP. And thankfully all he wants to do is sit on like a, a rock and wring his hands and, 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 and fawn over his great machine, which allows him to harness the dark energies that, 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 that run the, the dark army mm-hmm. and manipulate Deathstroke into forcing the crisis to take place on earth. Yeah. And, and Deathstroke. Yeah, I really thought we were leading up to Deathstroke being like, I'm killing all these people not to help start the crisis, but in order to stop it because I'm secretly a, a hero. Yes. Apparently not. No. Uh, he's secretly something. <laughs> oh, he's secretly something. So we find <laughs> out uh, through a tie-in, which I did read, but not, in, not, not until after I read this. And I said I was going to try to read this if I were just... I'm not reading the tie-ins to this mm-hmm. one. This one, I was like, let me just try reading it without tie-ins just to see how it goes. Uh, well, I, I, I would say not well. Not well, but also the tie-ins themselves aren't terribly important because having read it, okay. at least the, the, the issue that they reference in this, uh, a, it's not really the crux of the issue. It's more like that also happens at the end of it. Okay. Like literally in Dark Crisis the Deadly Green 
it's a really a Justice League dark book about what those characters are doing during the Dark Crisis. And then at the end, they find out that the Great Darkness is not involved in this at all. There is no Great Darkness involved. Yeah, that, that line it's, is just dropped in there, but then, like, almost immediately, it, like, nothing supports what was said. And it doesn't really matter. Like, we don't know, like... What we know is that apparently Pariah's own power made him go insane. And he, I guess, through his insanity and ingenuity, invented a machine that allowed him to harness power like unto the Great Darkness. But actually, the Great Darkness has nothing to do with it. Right. He, like, made his own darkness. It's like, it's just, it's a metaphor for loss and grieving. Right. Uh, so, So that happened. So... The Great Darkness was the great was the big bad. It's like the Emperor to you know, the original trilogy's Vader. Yeah, right. It, like, I would really rather never have us equate Vader to Pariah ever again. <laughs> I just, I right? just, I'm very uncomfortable with that analogy because mm-hmm. uh, one character I really like and one character I wish never existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll so leave that you guys happened. to figure out which is which. Right. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, uh, it turns out it's the pariah has been the main villain the whole time. There is no great darkness. It's not involved. Yeah. It's been pariah the whole time. So then we wonder like, oh man, like what does that, what does that do? How does that, how, like, how does that change the stakes? You know right. what I mean? Cause like basically they are theoretically engineering a crisis, but for no one except pariah. Cause it still worked. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, I don't know, like, Yara Flora is like, I'm going to make Pariah see the truth, but yeah. I need to get at him, so yeah, we need to she, buy time. Because she, like, because of the one line that says, like, oh, yeah, no, it's not. It's not the Great Darkness. It's Pariah the whole time. Yeah, so she's like, cool, then I'm going to do this. Right, mm-hmm. but Pariah unleashes the Dark Army, which is admittedly an awesome idea, that the, but the dark army's been there They've exactly been fighting and then like exactly to, now we need to release more of it because we already did that right right or maybe maybe focus it because they've been kind of like spread out you know sure like, pariah maybe, like slash... the heavy hitters hadn't been there well i think that also the dark army the dark army wasn't on earth during this time because they were i guess working with pariah or pariah was saving them for a rainy day because Deathstroke had his own army, but then he got chained up and pulled into the Dark Army as well. So no, you're right. Yeah, yeah. The Dark Army has been here and being used throughout. But suddenly, now Pariah's like, I need my Dark Army to focus right there on these guys specifically. Yeah, because they've got my machine. Because they have my machine, which they took uh, earlier. Yeah, he basically is just like, he's like, my machine? Dark Army, stop them. They're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, because uh, I, I think Black Adam steals it or whatever, but like, you know. Black Adam boom. and Mr. Terrific have it. Have it. Right. And uh, then uh, because, um, was it Jace shows up? Yes. Jace shows up in a, 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 He in rides egregious... in on a motorcycle and they're like, hey, you want to know how he showed up? Like, yeah. you know, it's funny. Like, that was a moment, though, where I was like, that is so an actual moment from like a DC event or a crisis where like a character shows up and they're like, Hey, go read it over there, which is totally fine. But part of me is like, I have no question as to why he showed up. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I did read it, by the way. And I don't know. It's and just the reason like, I don't is because I'm like, no, this is DC. Like, eventually, like, they, all the heroes are compelled to, like, you know, go against act. what they said earlier in the book where they're like, no, I'm not going to come and join you. I've got my own <laughs> shit to worry about. Wait, no, now's the moment. Yes. Where I yes. have to show up in a flashy way. Right. Well, because also Jace, like, paid attention to Lucius a lot. And so he's a genius now. I'm like, you have plenty of geniuses that it can the whole, help with the whole the, Fox family. Yeah. But the Fox family all like uh, by osmosis made Jace uh, a super genius. And so he's able to be relevant and important in this event. Anyway, the point is we're setting up this whole dark army fight so that John can step in and fight the dark army on his own yep. while Yara floor steps in and does her thing. Yep. And again, like this is the kind of thing where like, if you remember when they teased the dark crisis, like before the death of the justice league, people were like, pissing their pants and foaming at the mouth of the idea that the Justice League will be replaced in a uh, 5G-esque fashion, which didn't happen, but they weren't replaced by anybody. Then they th then the new team sucked, and the team that should have replaced them in the first place show up, and now they're here, and they are, like, piece by piece being important. Like, John fights the Dark Army. That's the Superman. Then Batman shows up and helps Mr. Terrific. That's mm -hmm. the Batman part. And then the Wonder Woman part needs to grab Pariah. So we got the Trinity of the new generation of heroes doing their thing. But yep. it's like not terribly set up. Uh, and and, and, it, and it just kind of comes out of nowhere because every, because we didn't get rid of all the other players who would ascend where they should have you know what i mean so mm -hmm. anyway we got a big fight between john fighting everybody and i i would have loved there is a kind of fun sequence where john fights doomsday which i was like that's kind of cool yeah and and sam pair does a great job uh in fact it's even like kind of punctuated by seeing uh john kind of like i don't know fighting for the people that he loves his mom and his dad and like yeah, he's seeing... he's, he has like these flashbacks to when he was a boy almost yeah. as though he's like no these <laughs> just like no these things happened i know he's already aged up but look it happened look, remember when he was a boy and everyone liked him more so uh you know they 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 fix the machine and they set it up so that it will like make pariah go away because that's what the machine does now yeah and so they hit Pariah with the machine, and then he gets crisis. Yep. Like he did to the original Justice League. Yeah. And that's the end of Pariah. So, like, the book's over. And I got to tell you, like, how unsatisfying that was for me. I was like, oh, good. Now he gets what he wants. Cool. Well, does he? I mean, like, I guess he goes to his... If he's crisis the way that the original Justice League were, then he basically gets sent to an else world where he gets everything he wants like yep. the rest of them. Yeah. So, and okay. He's, and he's not got a question and he's just going to be like, dope. I guarantee he will. Cause he's going to screw it up. Like that's the whole thing. Like that's a good setup for Pariah because you didn't kill him. You just put him in a place where he will absolutely not appreciate what he has and eventually feels unsatisfied and escape. Right. Well, at least, so, he's, like, all right. at least he's not here anymore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but now you've established that Pariah was, it turns out Pariah was the main villain the whole time. Okay. Right. So there is no great darkness, but you were setting up the great, the great darkness was a really big, interesting thing 
but that's out. So there's mm-hmm. no great darkness to worry about. And Pariah's gone. So what do you have left? You got the dark army, which really like shouldn't be wielded by Pariah anymore. They should be like freaking out. You know what I mean? Like, or yeah. go away, but they don't. And then the justice league shows up in a big triumphant way, which is kind of fun. And you get John fighting doomsday and just being like wrecked. And I don't know the scene of John, like being proud of himself for having bought them time doesn't really hit me the way I know it should because Mm -hmm. I don't care about the time that was bought and all Yara needed to do was just wrap Pariah in a rope for a minute and even then like he he doesn't really learn anything like he gets wrapped up in it and then he just says that she's a liar and then they hit him with a magic ray gun and he goes away Additionally, I I feel like so like John steps up, right? And like yeah. for some reason all of the people, all of the portion of the dark army that was going to stop the machine just focus on him and I'm like there's no way they wouldn't just try to keep going. Like right. they were commanded to do something. Yeah, wouldn't they just absolutely. go for the machine? I mean, you have like you have like Ares and 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 Darkseid and like I don't know, everyone. One of them would sneak off and do something but yeah no and then but we still want it to be doomsday so then like they do eventually i guess like maybe they're discombobulated by the fact by the death of pariah or the 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 crisising of of pariah but so no, they're all just fights. fighting like they're all just they're like no oh, we're I gonna know. kill this kid and then they, and they, then we'll they, stop the machine but then they go away because john has to fight doomsday on his own and superman steps in and saves john and then the two of them fight doomsday together which admittedly is a cool idea but again i'm like i don't even know at this point that's not this isn't josh's fault this is actually just the fault of continuity and doomsday where i'm like i don't even know what doomsday this is at this point like you know doomsday was retconned like six ways from sunday and so mm-hmm. i have no idea like what i'm even looking at you know right it's a but it's a cool image just like john fighting cyborg superman was a great idea and a cool image but like yeah you know it happened i guess mm-hmm. and so superman superman punch doomsday and then the the justice league and all the green lantern corps show up yep. and they like fight the dark army um you know much to the sadness of the loss of oliver but of course there's no way and uh and 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 then we uh we end this issue like the end of arkham or asylum where uh deathstroke is like i'm the bad guy of the issue now that that for me, I was like, oh, like that was the 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 biggest like heaviest O oh, I've ever had in recent years at an event where I'm yeah. like, oh, it's yeah. Deathstroke now. The corrupted darkness has him. Right. The 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 darkness that was not really the great darkness, but was actually just Pariah's insanity that led him to building the machine. What? Hmm. And it's just, just, but to trade villains at the in the final act, I I appreciate that at the very least, like Deathstroke was like manipulated and used the whole time, and then finally he like rises up, but like, screw Pariah. Why should he get an Elseworld when Deathstroke could have killed Pariah, right? And then been like, now it's me. I, I think that would have been more well earned. Yeah. Just having Pariah be defeated by his own machine 
through the ingenuity of two smart people, have the Dark Army be confused and distracted for a for a second, mm-hmm. and then have Deathstroke show up, and and any and he's like, yeah, now I'm the big bad guy. And I'm like, they just beat Doomsday over there. Like, who cares, man? Yeah. Like, who cares about Deathstroke? Especially if he looks nothing like Deathstroke. It's like, he just looks like the Joker at the end of Arkham Asylum. No, he definitely does. And I love that they had, like, they're like, oh, we got to bring it back around to Nightwing. And I'm like, Nightwing was not in this book. Nope, but I mean, he, he was. was he has like a brief, Deathstroke really quick. He's got a brief, brief conversation. Yes. In it. And they're like, oh, yeah, don't forget. He's kind of the through line, maybe. Right. I don't like, know. Don't, but he won't be because he is now a damsel at the end of this issue. So he needs to be rescued. Or not. But, but I don't have to worry about that because literally every DC superhero on the earth and in space is here right now. Like, oh no, Deathstroke. Like, if this is if this had taken place like in another place, you know, like if the whole Titans legacy thing took place on Titan, like in the basement of Titans tower, yeah. while everything else happening up here, like the real thing, you know, it's like the big flashy fight with Aragorn and, uh, and, and, and Sauron's minions, but Frodo over there in the volcanoes where it's really happening, you know, like, Oh, Deathstroke is going to fight like the true heart of the DC universe in the form of Nightwing and the Titans for the soul of the DC universe in like the basement of Titan's tower while everybody else is just going to fight the dark army, you know, but no, they, they, I guess beat the dark army. How the hell do they beat Necron? You know what I mean? I mean, they, they they do have the core, but like, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's just like a lot of things happen in this, but yet it doesn't really satisfyingly happen. You know, it's just kind of like, it's true. And you know, I don't know. I don't know enough about Deathstroke to say that these motivations don't line up for him as a character. Yeah, but they don't feel like they necessarily line up for him as a character. Right. No. Isn't he a mercenary? Yes. Just, it's. I mean, like he does have a. It, he, it is personal for him to beat the Titans, but like just the Titans, though. I mean, I don't know. It's. It's weird. Yeah, no, that 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 is what it is. It, it's weird. It seems like um, Nightwing's also, I don't know, it looks like the darkness, the, the corrupted darkness is like swirling around him. I'm like, oh, maybe we're going to do something with that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it could be. I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, and we know that like at the end, it says everyone versus Deathstroke. So like it's everyone's going to fight Deathstroke. And he is pretty powerful. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, yeah, I don't know. It, this is just not necessarily like I didn't have any idea where this event was going. But now that we're here, I don't know if I. I don't know. I think I have I to am, go back and relook at it to see. I'm like, does this does this. I, I just up? didn't see this coming at all. No, I didn't see it coming either. But not, and, in, not a, in like, like not in and I don't way. know if that's a good way, because I do like when things are like, oh, I didn't see that coming. This mm-hmm. just kind of feels like, oh, OK. It's an O. Like that's this issue ended with like oh, yeah. That's it. Y- yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so this 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 was not. I don't know. This feels less decompressed. 
than right. the beginning did, but it just makes me feel like the pacing has threat has been off since I know we're supposed to be accelerating and this is supposed to have like a lot of action and stuff, but it just, just feels like we could have used a little more time from some of the earlier issues to kind of expand upon a couple of things. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I think that um, I'm, f I mean, I'm feeling the lack of support from DC editorial on this one mm. where like, you know, I, I think that if it had, if it was part of like a, a big status quo change or a, or a big setup for the new period in DC or something like, I, I, I think that it might have some more weight kind of surrounding it. And also maybe it might've had more focus mm -hmm, mm -hmm. instead. It's just kind of like, here is a thing. Right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I I was on board up until Deathstroke became the new villain of the book. All right, that's just it. it just okay. I, I'm just glad. I'm glad Pariah's gone. I just I don't know how I feel about the way in which he exited the book. Right. Well, that's that's only because of your own bias against the character. <laughs> Well, I'd also say just because it seems out of left field that like he doesn't make it to the end of this book. <laughs> I, I agree. I, it, it, what it feels like is they were like, I don't know. It, it feels like they they want you to think that that this was really where it was all leading up to. I mean, in Dark Christ, in Christ on Infinite Earths, you know, the Anti Monitor mm -hmm. is the main bad guy. But I don't it's, it's weird. It, it it's weird. And I like now I need to read issue seven to like oh, yeah. really get what this is going to be. Yeah. It's not like I, you're going to stop now. Yeah. I just was there. Yeah. 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 I just I wish that. Um, I don't know. I wish I knew where this was heading mm -hmm. or at the very least get like an idea that DC was all in, you know, like it's a bold claim to do a sequel to a direct sequel to, to crisis on infinite earths and, yes. and, and, and thinking about like the effort that went into crisis and the like new status quo of the DC universe and like how hardcore they were about like what happened, what didn't happen, where the universe is going, what we're doing with these characters, all the setup and reboots and stuff like that, that took place. Mm -hmm. There's a lot around it. And even when you were reading it, you felt that it like things will never be the same or things are going to change. Right. And, and I, I don't know what else this is besides like a reaffirmation. And it could just be a reaffirmation of like what DC is all about, who these characters are and what the universe, you know, means to the, the world at large. Right. Yeah. I, I, I've, I do not have a lot of insights in on this book, honestly. I'm, I'm just kind of reading it, and I, I do feel badly about that. Um, yeah. I think I'll have more, so, something more meaningful to say after issue seven. Yep. Like, much as all of us will, because we'll have seen the journey through till its end and um, have a better idea of what the point of it was. Oh, yeah. No, and I, I think that uh, there's like that DC Dawn book that has Nightwing on the cover. Um, when I read that in the wake of issue seven, and I'm like, ah, okay. Mm -hmm. Like now I have a clear picture of what this is all, this all is. But, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, like, I think just you gotta you gotta be in a position where you're like, don't do a crisis unless you're gonna change everything. That's what I'm saying. That's it. That I, that's literally my my whole thing. Like, yeah. And I again, like I said, like, if you're not gonna actually change everything, don't call it that. But obviously, now is not, in my opinion, the time to start changing everything again. I think people are just a little tired of it. Yeah. Of not, you know, we, we talked about this all at the beginning. And so it's just, it's just, it's such a weird kind of quagmire. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. And it is, I, I think that, uh, I, I, I would need to know how it sells to mm. call it a quagmire, but like, you know, cause it could be that it sold great. Maybe. And I, I hope it did because, you know, I, you know because it, Josh is a passionate guy and, you know, he, I think he's excited for this book. And I just, I sometimes, sometimes when people are very excited for something, it's, it, they're not always thinking from the perspective of anyone else who's looking in on it. Well, and that's where editors come in. And, and, and like, if it's, you know, cause like infamously, uh, uh, death metal was not supposed to end the way it did. And mm -hmm. it was changed by, by a, a motivation of sales and, um, mm -hmm. and editorial. And, um, you know, I don't know if it's better or worse. I don't know if if the original ending of Death Metal would have satisfied me more. But, uh, you know, the, clearly the people who were involved were like really they, they at least had a vested interest in the direction of where it was going because yeah. they because they ingratiated themselves into it. I wonder if anyone had anything to do with with this outside of Josh just being like, here we go, <laughs> you know, yeah. No, it's, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm not actually even disappointed by anything that happens in the issue outside of like the end outside of like plot stuff, like all the character stuff is cool and fun. It's just like, oh, you traded you got you just oh get Pariah out of here and and just and just hand wave the entire motivator for Pariah as oh, no, he was crazy. Don't worry about it. Which if we had revealed that throughout the book throughout the main story and it led up to issue seven right. there's something there right if can you imagine like a subplot in this book where like detective chimp and the question yep. are like are like traversing the multiverse or the or the dark multiverse let's throw that in there you mm -hmm. know and they're looking for like a back door into like pariah's power mm -hmm. and you know they get to like the the space where the great darkness and they open they swing open the door and he's not there yeah and they're like, oh, right. <laughs> like he's just a nut job. You know? Or I mean, like not like it's funny because Josh specifically stayed away from what is often called the fourth pillar of the DC universe. Like she's not in this no. at all. Right. Like there's no Harley in this. No, but, but like punchline did get punched in the face. Well, yeah, but I was going <laughs> to say like if he if if they were like if DC at any point was like put her in this book, that's an interesting moment for her to be like hearing him talking about the great artists and being like, just using those skills that she has being like, Oh yeah. He's talking to himself. Right. That'd be really cool. Like that's all just yeah. grief. Right. Right. You have been ignored and neglected and, 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 and trodden on your entire, like for the, at least the last like 30 years of real time. Mm -hmm. You're nuts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that it, I, I don't even really mind that, that pariah is full of shit, but we just set up all the great darkness stuff, but we built all this stuff up. You know, I don't know. It's weird. That, that but, just, I don't know. There, there's something there where that would have been the point of it all. I, I yeah. don't, I don't know. I think there's something 
I don't know if we have like the time or the mental capacity right now to unpack that, but I feel like there's something more meaningful there. Yeah. With yeah. using that as like the like ta-da at the end. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what the actual ta-da is. Right. Yeah, no, it's not <laughs> over. We're talking like it's over and it's not. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, uh, let's let's talk. Let's read some uh, some super chats. And then we'll yeah, there's on. a really great one that that just came in right at the like at the end of that really made me smile. Yeah. Yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, here we go. Josh uh, Cowdery says, please keep doing wake up. Need it for my AM drive. Well, uh, new episode comes out tomorrow morning. So That's keep right. an eye out or an ear out uh david pledger love in the morning show you've been doing sal does the nightcrawler keep momentum when he bamfs do you think i think if he were to be be thrown and uh teleporting then yes i think so according to me i think so apparently exactly. based on our fastball special conversation <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, zoinks if you slap some clown makeup on slade at the end of dark christ he looks like the joker in arkham asylum didn't know how i feel about this event uh yeah man me either uh you know we'll see where it goes uh, i'm looking forward to the ending not just because I'm looking forward to be over. I'm just, I'm looking forward to like seeing how it all wraps up. Yeah. Uh, Riv Wilson, before we finish the book books, I'm grateful for Elseworlds Exchange for pointing me to Murder World starting soon. It wouldn't have caught it otherwise. That's true. Murder World does debut uh, this week. So keep an eye out for that. We'll talk more about that in the recommendation section. Paul Williams. Hi, hope you're doing well. I'm going to go. I uh, have to catch the VOD. Really strange question though. I thought you covered Grayson slash Spiral, but I couldn't find it again. Did I remember, remember it wrong? You did. We've never done uh, Grayson at all. We've talked about him, but we never did it. Uh, but we did get it. So keep an eye out for that. Maybe one day. Uh, be Black. My wife and I loved Black Panther. Riri was lovable and, and charismatic. Loved the uniqueness of Telecan versus Atlantis in DC. Namor was draconian, arrogant, and regal. The fight scenes were amazing, especially Okoye as the Queen and Shuri did a solid job. I'm glad you enjoyed it, man. We'll talk more about that in spoiler territory when we yeah. discuss the movie. But yeah, thank you very much for your opinion. Uh, Rami Darwish, the last couple of Dark Crisis issues, or Dark Crisis issues, feel a little rushed, uh, but we will see what happens in the final issue. Really like the wake up show, by the way. Well, thank you very much, Rami. Appreciate it. And yeah, we're looking forward to seeing where that goes. Um, Denial. Uh, so we all agree the Great Darkness is going to tease a later event after making it into the DC universe at the end, right? Maybe. Uh, I mean, certainly we can't. We have to. We have to acknowledge that it does exist. Like those, it is real. It's just that Pariah misunderstood it. <sighs> Supreme Omega on Batman v. Robin. I think I'm sick of Damien. He turned Batman into a tired soap opera. How many times are we going to have Damien's mommy and daddy issues? This is something that I could have told you when he debuted. <laughs> Literally, the, I bought the issue. I, I bought it off the rack. I picked up <gasps> the issue of Damien's debut. I was like, ah, Grant Morrison on Batman. Here we go. F you. You've ruined it. This, that that issue. Just saw where it was going. Uh, denial. Pariah's never truly gone. Tiffany, he'll always be hiding behind a corner, threatening to invade the next book you enjoy. Great. Thank you. <laughs> and Thorn Identity. I guess Pariah was just the friends we made along the way. I guess so. That was it. <laughs> awesome. Right? I, I don't... Good old pariah. Uh, should we talk about recommendations or should we do Black Panther? I guess we should do recommendations. Might as well just finish out the comic Cap book it off portion. With comics. Why not? Uh, according to our uh, list of recommendations, do you have the? Do you have the? I do. I just pulled them up while, while oh, you were talking. 
Well, uh, I have to recommend Nightwing number 98. Can't wait for this uh, series to continue. It is a bold new direction for Nightwing, or at the very least, it's a new arc. So check it out. Uh, Batman Superman World's Finest number nine is coming out. Uh, it's Joker. Neat. Sounds fun. Uh, She-Hulk number eight. I'm enjoying this book, so you check that out as well. Batman One Bad Day, Mr. Freeze number one. I believe that's Jerry Duggan's issue, so check that out. That looks yeah. fun. I'm uh, definitely going to check that out. I hope it's good. Yeah, me too. I really do. Uh, just in time for Dark Crisis, Worlds Without a Justice League, Batman number one finally comes out. You can get some context for why Batman looks at all like that. It is written by Simon Spurrier what? and Megan Fitzmartin. Uh, I think uh... Megan Fitzmartin is doing the backup, but uh, yeah. So worth checking out. Uh, Deceased War of the Undead Gods number four. Whew, that title. Um, but yeah, great series. I'm really enjoying it. You should check that out as well. Um, I, uh, I I tweeted something uh, a while back, back when Twitter was a thing. Um, Gold Goblin number one is coming out, and uh, I was so underwhelmed, whelmed by this <laughs> whole idea of like a redemption arc for Norman Osborn, the Golden Goblin name, the Rinsler esque outfit. I, a mini series or even a one shot about Norman Osborn trying to be a hero. Like I am not interested in the least about that. And I said something to that effect. I was just like, I feel nothing when I see this. And uh, it turns out Christopher Cantwell's writing it. And he was like, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. And I was like, <laughs> oh, thank you for reminding me that writers are real people. And uh, so I'm going to give it a try because I do like Cantwell's work. So we'll see where it goes from there but i will be reading that uh thunderbolts number four is coming out i do uh find this book to be fun it's uh it feels like um you know like savage avengers where it's like oh look at this person who knows the characters and continuity uh doing a little book uh murder world avengers number one comes out uh this is how murder world is going to be by the way where it's like murder world avengers murder world spider-man world murder world x-men like it'll be that like uh, the so, dark old books like the dark old books but okay. it is like a mini series that will be about like that, that will be going in a linear direction. So don't okay, let so Marvel's not like terrible ab publishing ability fool you. It actually is a like linear story. Nice. <laughs> so check that out. If you uh, have the scratch. In your if you dare, if you dare to check out murder world. And uh, if you want to know more about why I'm even talking about murder world, check out uh, Jim Zub's appearance on Elseworlds from last week. Nice. Uh, Tiffany, what are you looking forward to seeing this week? Uh, Immortal X-Men number eight, obviously, is coming yeah. out. So I'm definitely going to be reading that. That's Kieran Gillen's book over there and at the uh, the X table. Um, this one, it, it, it's funny because at the end of the Omega issue, they said to look for Immortal X-Men number nine to learn more about the like ramifications um, of all of this. So he, they, they mentioned a few books um, like Avengers Assemble Alpha number one. Um I think it's Immortal X-Men. Yeah, number nine and X-Men Red number nine. So like continue to see like, hey, what just happened? That's where you're going to see some ripples. So I was like, all right, so eight is not where we're going to be seeing that. But I don't care. Still going to yeah. buy it because I just, <laughs> I just like the way he writes. Um, yeah. Definitely dealing with some more with Mystique and Destiny. So, you know, I'm, I'm here for it. Uh, yeah, you were, we already mentioned Batman One Bad Day, Mr. Freeze. But yep. yeah, I'm definitely but going to be grabbing that. Yeah, that's that's... Very much up my alley, for sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, along with that, I'm going to pick up probably, um, I, got, I think I have to go back and read issue two of this, but the Bone Orchard Mythos 10,000 Black Feathers. It's a really 
it's the bone orchard mythos is like the overarching this is the series right yeah. and there's a bunch of other mini story like mini stories yeah within it so this is the right. ten thousand feather black feathers arc or story so i'm going to grab that uh shang chi and the ten rings number five i yep. freaking love this book <laughs> that's it that's all i got for that one uh blade vampire nation number one i'm gonna give it a shot yep blade's like the sheriff of vampires so <laughs> how long can that last let's find out know. together yeah uh, demon wars Sh- demon wars shield of justice coming nice. out if you like peach momoko's work these for some reason these always sneak up on you like hey sh- we're putting out the demon wars out. we're putting out a peach momoko book don't tell anybody <laughs> and i'm like no tell everybody yeah tell everybody oops um so i'm looking forward to seeing more of peach momoko's influence on her little like i don't know if it's another i guess it's another world another universe of yeah of marvel um really do like it quite a bit so definitely gonna be checking that out uh and i think that's it for me for right now without scrolling through this entirely huge long list so don't at me when i miss something it's just i know we want to get to talking about the movie yes it's true sure uh (laughs) so yeah uh really quick let's do some super chats and we'll get into black panther Uh, the titan zero thoughts on jeff johns is the new golden age didn't read it uh Dante Cook, I recommend Riddler Year One to a coworker who loves all the superhero movies and wanted to get into comics. He loved it, wants to keep following it. I think I added our to our comic loving ranks. Nice. That's I think the reason why they even made that book, uh, besides also appeasing Paul Dano. But yeah, yes. I'm excited to see. No, it's that. like it's it's an interesting way to bring in the new reader, the new yeah. reader. Like, like, it's you like those really movies. Well, the movie guy wrote one, so now maybe you'll read it. Like uh, okay, and they might. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Somehow. Supreme Omega also on Morris, and I feel they work better under a leash. I much prefer their JLA and Animal Man runs. I feel Morrison can get a little too self-indulgent. That is an understatement, so I uh, I tend to agree with you. On that. <laughs> uh, John Ty, uh, thoughts on the first issue of Wildcats by Matthew Rosenberg? I thought it was a fun first issue. Didn't read it yet, but uh, it's on my list. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, if you haven't seen Black Panther yet, there will be spoilers. But we're going to start off with a little, with a quick, like, kind of summary. Uh, R. Jones, uh Kukukan, El Nino, Sin Armor, Boy Without Love to Namor, No Love for the Surface was Badass, uh, Canon Reason for His Name, Should Retcon This in Comics. Um, we'll get into that in a minute, but thank you very much for your opinion. Uh, and yeah, we'll get into that in just a second. So here we go. Uh, thanks a lot for watching, everybody. We'll see you guys uh, on the, uh, the follow-up.